0: Welcome to Time and Again, a podcast by Jack Sotheby and Switchback, a charity helping young men make a new start after prison. Thanks for picking this series. My name is Gwela. I'm actually in one of the episodes. In England and Wales, 50,000 people leave prison every year. We're hoping this series can give you the stories behind those numbers. Six young men, six different stories on what it's like before, during and after prison. A podcast by Jack Sutterby and switch back. That's enough for me. Let's really get into it. This is Mike.
1: I grew up in East London on an estate called Marvel Street. It's fucking massive. It's about eight blocks, the old 400 people next to each other. And this big patch of grass out the back. And the estate is. It was on as tough as it was. It was like a community. I then not have a broken family. My mum was working 24-7, so I was my dad. I just grew up in a um, state where uh, a lot of people weren't fortunate to have parents like me. It was, it, was, it, was, it was good, it was good times growing up. Right, when I left primary school, I was predicted like 12 to 15, eight to six. I was meant to be a boys' kid I had done GCSE maths in year six. Yeah, I was like Stephen Hawking stuck in Notorious B.A.G.'s body, you know? <laughs> Crimes around... <sighs> my dad's got ten brothers and three sisters. It started with my granddad. My granddad done, like, eight years, ten years for so our burglary. And that was back in the 60s, 70s. <laughs> then my uncle got done for the same thing. There's a, there's a sign in my you're product of your environment. But if you grow up in a family of miners or butchers, no-one will find it a shock to see their son being a butcher or or if someone's a policeman. Yeah, my dad was a policeman just like me, you know? So like, why, why are people shocked to hear that? Because their dad or their uncle was a armed robber or a drug dealer, that they're, they're, they're kids and are a drug dealer. But then they all get shocked. I've, I've had friends die through shit like this. I was selling drugs, I was uh, doing fake money, I was partying, doing drugs as well. Cos yeah, at the time it is happy, you're doing it. In 1920 you're out partying, you know, you're in a rave of your mouth and blowing whistles. <laughs> your trainers are gliding in the dark, everyone's happy, yeah. Until you go five, six years down the line and realise some people are still doing it, and you think, oh, fuck, will grow up out soon or later, innit? It was, it was actually when my daughter was born. When I was 24, my dad used to say to me, like, Let's time to step up now, you know what I mean? It's all right, you're getting the money in. It's all right, you're buying cots. And I used to think, Oh, the money's there, let me do it. And it was all good for a while, while like, everything like, was getting along, you know? And then I had a big argument with my mother and my child. She split up, she said, you're never you're seeing your baby again. again. So me being who I am, like, oh, right, I'll see so you in court then. Uh, I got told I couldn't get legal aid. I spent about 30 grand altogether on family courts. How did you pay for it? I end up doing fake money. money, 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 money. <sighs> someone knows someone that prints them. Someone knows someone who's got them. I paid pounds £400 for £1,000 off of £20 notes. I'd go into a shop with a fake £20 note, buy a 10 Richmond Super King, which cost £2.98 at the time then you get, like, 17-pound change. So, for every 20-pound note, you've made 17-pound, seven, and you've got a pack of ten flags, which I used to sell at the end of the day, as well. So, it's 100% profit. I'm not losing nothing. So, I've paid all my solicitor. I'm still, but I'm still doing it now. This is where I should have stopped. You've, you've done what you had to do. You've done your dirt, and you've actually pulled through it. You ain't been caught. And got joint custody of my daughter but then still decided to go and do, keep doing it because the money was unbelievable. I was looking for pounds 400 pounds a day. So I go out for four days a week and I got to see my daughter. I spend 100% of the time. It was a win-win, perfect situation for me. I did it for four years. I moved from £20 notes to £50 notes at one point. I used to dress up in Gucci suits and go down West End with a suitcase full of fake money. I never had a respect for money. I had never no respect for a day's graft. Real work. I was treating that like a job. But it wasn't a job, it was me walking around paying for things in shops. Do you know what I mean? And I took it seriously. You made a lot. I made too much money. Do
0: You know what I mean?
1: I always remember this day. <laughs> I went in Argos on something Court Road and bought a fire stick, an Amazon fire stick, yeah, they just come out. I was like, yeah, so I'll get one of them Netflix and all that, plug it in the telly. I've gone into the Argos and um, I've given the lady two fake 20-pound notes for an Amazon fire stick. She gave me a £10 note change, no <laughs> £10 <pound> note change. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I got an Amazon fire stick. So, as I was walking out, I just feel this bang. And I just got speared to the floor. And as I looked up, it was someone I used to go to school with. A security guard in the West End. I like, I know what you're doing, I know what you're doing, man. So as I'm wrestling with this guy... Police found me. Not one police officer, but with eight in there. <laughs> so I jumped out, I see him in his security suit, jumped on me. And he's like... Yeah, he's giving around, he's giving fake money, he's giving fake money. They found, I think it was about eight or nine fake notes on me. That was it. So I just cussed him with the door again. Man, that's heartbreaking. Yeah, that, that was the worst. That was the worst. been stabbed, being rushed, been beaten. And nothing hurts more than losing someone, especially because you don't know how to deal with that loss. it feels like you're mourning. That felt like I did rock bottom. Next thing you know, things are so good and it's, it's just everything's gone. The money you made is irrelevant because I had to spend the money I made as quick as I can get it. I can't put it in a bank. I was in Belmarsh for six. I was in Pentonville for another like eight. Bellmarsh is intimidating, you know, because I used to think, all right, like I can hold my ground, man. I, can, I, can, I know I can hold my ground. It's scared of no one. As long as it's hand to hand, I'm all right. You don't want to fuck with someone who's, got, who's doing double life sentences, for it like that, because they've got nothing to lose. Do you know what I mean? What's the worst that's going to that happen to him? He's going to get chucked in a cell and not see the daylight for a couple months. He's still going to get fed, He's still going to get a telly. No positive, no-one talking to you about positive things, about progress, about what you can potentially do. All you're talking about is people talking about potential crimes when you're out. It's a lonely place, and what I mean by that, the only people you get to talk to are people are fucked up. they put the money into fucking mental health. Well you walked into the cell and oh, go, I'm Steve. Steve. I here to talk to you for our foul, what's happening? That? Steve, I don't know what the fuck you do, but well, I don't know you. But I guarantee they'd talk to him. Seven out of ten people, because you know it's a lonely place, Joe. <laughs> Please come into my cell. I'm like, you're father. I'm not really feeling church, mate. I'm not going to church today. It's like you should come pray. I was like, why? Wow, you know I'm not I'm not that type of person. But your grandma is. He's like, yeah, your yeah, nun, she passed away this morning, man. She can't pray. And I did as well. I prayed for about like 10 years. Walking out, she's got Rosemary beat up and all that. Pictures of Jesus everywhere. Not pictures of me, my family, <laughs> you know? Pictures of Jesus and all that. And <laughs> it's just like. And that's when I just, I got not keep blaming other people. Like, Why does he get to go here and I don't get to go? I used to sit there and think about my little girl every day, like, I'm suicidal, I thought this is it. And if you if you try and kill, kill yourself, mate, you've got to rather be so, so broken. If I ever wanted to see my little girl again, I have to give the people a perception that I am a a good man. And I'm not saying I've never been a bad man. Just saying everything that described me at that point, don't tell anyone who's reading it in black and white that I'm a good person. When I was in prison, Pentaville. Couple of months before I was leaving there, I was working for a program called Liberty Kitchen, and it was a cooking program. And she 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 introduced me to a place called Switchback. She said, "You need to go and see these people." And I'm, I don't I don't I don't give no one a chance. Don't trust nobody. Still angry with everything. That was the best thing I ever done, man. We had a I had a, um, a mentor, a coach, you could say, and she weren't just helping me sort out. The things that needed to be sorted out for perception-wise, you know, like jobs, CVs and all that, she was helping me out mentally. You know, someone that actually felt like someone cared. (laughs) You know, like, don't do that, mate. You do that, you get this one more feel for this, to do this. You get looked at like this. And the devil's sitting there saying, let's get out of here, this woman doesn't even know ya. She's on £22 an hour, she's trying to... You know what to... Me or She's on great money, she don't know nothing. And then after that, she'll be find work. She'll be find training. And I've never had I've never had support like that, apart from my family. That's never, what. you never got that in the prisons didn't offer it? No nah, man. No. Nah. Switchback gave me a platform to build my mentality. I've come out of jails on tag. <laughs> Uh, you need to go work here for two weeks so you can, if you want to cook. And I'm like, am I getting paid? And, no. So like, what? like, what? You're doing two weeks to show them what you got. So I just started going to work. started like doing better things, hanging around better people. That's the hardest thing as well. You see the same people you used to see every day or kick it with every day because no-one else is working. Mate, when you come round and smoke a zoo? Why you come round and play a bit of cod or fever? They're like, no, man. No. And then the next thing after that, it's like, what's going on? Wait, what are you voting? Don't don't, don't don't, like me no more, you know, come to see me. You just like, you have to find the right words to say, well, I don't want to be involved around this sort of shit. And then automatically they think you're bigger than them. But once I was finished, and I'm walking home in the rain, <laughs> and I think, you doing it to see your daughter. So the only I've seen her, like, five times in the last five years. But the mad thing is, I ain't mentally as broken as I was back then. I don't know how long it's gonna be, but I know when she turns up that day, I'm not gonna be that person that she left, that I left. You know, I more realised I'm, I'm not, it's not just for her, I wanna do it now. It's like, I wanna do it to better myself. Four or five years later, I got offered a job at a charity to help people exactly in the position that I was in. It's the best thing ever. It's the best thing ever. Oh, the place where I work now, we. We teach people how to barista, to make coffee. They don't pay for it. You know, in six to eight weeks, you've got a profession, you're a professional barista. You know, we, we help homeless people to come off the streets, they come from their um, hostels. And within eight weeks, they know how to make coffee and they've got a job in Costa Coffee, slicking so £12 pound an hour. I want to build a place like a cafe or a food truck or some stalls where I can help people that's come out of jail or who's been homeless and give them a, a teaching platform. Is there anything else you want to add? <sighs> yeah, boy. Who's this going out to? Well, the internet,
0: mate.
1: You'll get somewhere, man, and you will. Focus, fly straight. Like what way that wind tries to blow you, I just keep...
0: Thanks for listening to Time and Again, a podcast brought to you by Switchback and Jack Sotheby. Despite your best intentions, change doesn't happen the minute you walk out of the prison gate. Not enough people get that Switchback level of support and not enough get to build a better future. Like the guys you've heard in this series, we can do better. We should do more. This podcast was interviewed, sound designed and co-produced by Jack Sotheby, founder of Beautiful Strangers, the production company. Co-produced by Switchback. Narration was by me, Gwella. Thanks for listening. Bye.